gotta pop a top again. Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the one who drives me crazy, my baby who doesn't hate me, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> Did you just now think of that? In the bathroom. <laughs> Get yourself a boyfriend with a creative writing degree. We come up with shit. <laughs> We're talking about Brett's inability to accept uh, any positive reinforcement. So yeah. I told him I was going to start telling him I don't hate him instead of I love I, him. <laughs> I told her she should let me know when we're casual apprentices. <laughs> I'm going to try to replug my headphones here. Give me one second. Mistakes were made early in. Da 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 da. Just getting low in my right ear, but that's probably just because I got a shit right ear. All right. And we're off. Good start. Um, what are you drinking over there, Kristen Pennington? I am drinking Montana's Hucket. It's a Huckleberry Blonde L by Big Sky Brewing Company. I've turned her into a beer girl. It is actually quite good. <laughs> I'm a fan. What are you drinking, Brett Bloom? I'm drinking Band Dragon's Breath. <laughs> <laughs> Brewed right here in Montana. Is that also Big Sky? No, it's Baron. Oh, you literally, <laughs> you literally said that. You're, you're fucking up my goddamn sponsorship dreams. It's like, it's like I don't want stamps.com. I want to advertise for Baron Montana. It's interesting that Brood. both of our local logos are animals. Yours is a lion and mine's a cow skull. Well, uh, it's probably a cow skull because my lion fucked it up. <laughs> Dunzo, sunzo. So once again, uh, I was at work all day and... Uh, Brett was also at work all day, but he gets off slightly earlier than me, so I have no show notes. Zero show notes, but it stays on the boat when I have show notes. It works out for the best. (laughs) I did while I was uh, contemplating if I wanted to make Brett uncomfortable pre-recording by having a weird mush think of a topic, though. Um, Okay. And I don't know the topic, so... Kristen's mystery topic. (laughs) Topic. I'll avoid the weird mush though, so we can all okay. uh, cheers to that. Survive this podcast in one piece. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Jax, you are even closer to the microphone, and you it sounds like a mushy woman is masturbating over my right shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who moved the food bowls closer, so that's on you. He hasn't eaten or drank water in like three days. Now he, <laughs> he makes his comeback. The, it is fucking 7.15 at night. <laughs> you set the mic up and he knew it was go time. <laughs> maybe that's what. Maybe it's his comfort blanket. We're missing our phone thingy. Oh shoot, we are. Is um, that still in the box? Yeah, probably. Do you know where the box is? It's in the closet. The box is in the closet? It's in the closet. Does the box need to come out of the closet? What's in the box? I don't know. Is it? I'm going to go check. Though. The severed head of your wife? Spoiler alert. Uh, that's the end of seven. <laughs> Can we talk about seven? Kevin Spacey's accuser died. So are <laughs> Boom. Bam. Yeah, I'm for You gotta put that protection on, you know? You gotta figure it out. You gotta... It's how I wear a condom. <laughs> Directly over the tip. I mean, there's not much else behind it, so it works out in the long run. Well, what's your topic for today? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, I read this a couple of years ago, so I don't really remember at all Yeah. Uh, who did it. And I, I remember kind of a vague uh, outline of the story, but there was a blog, I think, that I found online randomly one day. And I think it was a guy, actually. Like Surprising. He's weird. 
These weird mushy blogs online are normally women. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, it was a guy that posted this. And um, he was talking about the fact that he had gone through kind of a messy divorce and he yeah. was sad about it. And um, I don't know if they had kids or not, but still, you know, kind of just not really a thing he wanted. He was bummed out about it, feeling bad about himself. Is this your and attempt at lightening the mood as opposed to I'm, just telling me you love me? I'm getting okay. there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Let me tell you all about this sad-ass dude's divorce. And he said, I think, that he had also found this somewhere else, so I have yeah. no idea where this thought originated. But um, you know how we all have like social media and accounts and emails and all kinds of things that we daily have to put our passwords into? Mm-hmm. Um so he found a thing where somebody had recommended changing your password to some kind of affirmation. So every day, and you know, when your password expires, you can change it out to some other affirmation. But every day, you would have to type that password into That's yourself. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I took his advice because uh, at the time that I read this blog, I was kind of in a like eh, place. It wasn't the worst my life had ever been, but it was definitely not a positive place and um this was before you and i ever met this was several years ago you said um, i got hose in different area codes was it your daily yes that was exactly what mine was <laughs> and i still mixed in like the yeah. the symbols and the letters and all that jazz to uh i'm a star <laughs> no, no mine are a little more like deep than that but um <laughs> fine what <did> you do <laughs> That I'm deeper than you, Brett. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, uh. Shows up with no show notes. Tell me I don't think enough. It's not every password. Like, my passwords that are to, like, financial accounts and shit yeah. like that. Like, my PayPal I wouldn't password give that is. Out over the... Well, I know. I'm not giving out any of my passwords, but I'm just saying, like, my PayPal password yeah. are the ones that you're a little more serious about are weird, complex passwords. But, uh, like, my emails and my social medias are all, like, mix match weird affirmations. Like, can't even think of one offhand to give you that's not one I actually use but you know like you kick ass or something yeah. like that you know like I, that's not one I use so don't try to hack me <laughs> but um you know shit like that and I have a couple different ones that I use and when they expire I change them out to a different message and um this weirdly which I've had those passwords for years so I guess I don't really like think too much about it anymore but um his blog was about how over time, like having to type those messages to himself regularly made him speak more positively to himself yeah. and kind of changed his outlook. But this weirdly um, came to my mind because like I said, I've had these passwords for years now, so I don't think too much about them anymore because they're a shower curtain. I don't know if you've noticed this yet or not. On the top corner has the word Excel, but it's not spelled like Excel should be. It's like got the extra L so it's like yeah. excellent but somebody dropped off the ENT and I saw that one day and I was like alright shower I'll excel today <laughs> <laughs> so I think about that every time I'm in the shower now Fuck yeah. so um I also had a weird affirmation moment at, at work I was listening to uh, Joey Diaz's podcast Church What's Happening Now and uh, it was a long one with Greg Fitzsimmons but mm-hmm. they're you know how Sometimes when you're listening to something, like one line that you might have heard before finally like clicks for you. And uh, they were talking about getting started in comedy and all of that. And Joey used the line, everybody wants to get to heaven, nobody's ready to die. And I... <laughs> I, get I like that idea of like the rebirth and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. But um, I know we've talked about before like the whole concept of the dream board or whatever, like don't just uh, 
pen your ideas up and do nothing with them. Like you obviously have no, to be... tape them all over your apartment with index cards and then do nothing with them. <laughs> That's not true. We did a lot of stuff and we're doing more stuff. Um, and um, speaking of the stuff we're doing, The Art of Wargaming is currently live on iTunes. God damn right. I was listening to it right before we went live. <laughs> so very we, proud of Yaga and Oni. We are very proactive. Yeah. Show number two, Nightmare Box Productions. <laughs> You wanna, but, how much do you think Fred Durst costs to get him to say that, like, the white trash in me is coming out? I think I need Fred Durst. <laughs> like, what? Well, because, you know, I I don't think Lynn Biscuit's coming out with any no. hot shit anytime soon, okay? <laughs> we go find Fred Durst, and we just Did get I him to go, Nightmare Box Productions! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of money. <laughs> what, like $500? <laughs> Probably kind of expensive to get that. Can we start a Patreon account and then like get hire Fred Durst to sing us an intro song? I mean, we can definitely try. <laughs> Adding it to the list. Hire Fred Durst. The longer this goes on, the cheaper that will get. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're interrupting fine. your story. No, you're fine. I mean, that was kind of the whole point of it. Um, you know, clearly, obviously, you have to be kind of proactive in your life to get shit done or whatever. But I do think, um, especially if you're in a bit of a funk, those little tiny affirmations yeah. kind of help. Like, the first couple of times you type them or do them or say them or whatever you're doing, you know, they feel, I guess, a little false. But the more you do them, it's like, yeah, all right, okay. I also, I don't do it anymore, but I used to, even before the password thing... Um, uh, women, I feel like, are probably more guilty of it than men, but just people in general, like, are kind of guilty of self-doubt and negative talk, so I used to... You serious? Have was... you listened to the way men talk to one another? Hey, shithead. No, you... like, <laughs> negative self You guys are like, yes, queen! And I'm like, <laughs> negative self-talk to I yourself. hit up my best friends, and I'm like, hey, you dickhead I motherfucker, mean... I hope your child gets an abortion <laughs> so you'll never feel the warmth of being a grandparent. How is your I day going? I don't mean... You know? Why are you... Bogarting my positive. Well, because you said men don't feel that way, and no, I wanted to reaffirm that. I didn't say that. like how you talk to each other. I'm talking about <laughs> self-talk to yourself. You know how I talk to myself. Uh, I'm gonna throw this beer on you if you don't stop. I bought that beer. I don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to swing it the other way. <laughs> okay, positive fucking reaffirmation. Women have it worse off than men. Uh, that is not. You know what? Topic done. No, Canceling. Canceling the day. Go I'm sorry. I'm being a dick. You are. Um, you see how men talk to themselves? I'm being a dick. <laughs> I'm not saying men don't do it. Jesus. Um, <laughs> you totally stole the moment. It's gone. It's done. Mm. <laughs> no. Um, like I used to like do this thing when I was like in an even worse place uh, emotionally in my life where... Yeah. Um, like, if you're having a moment where you're feeling kind of shitty about yourself to, like, try to find one positive thing, even if it's something really tiny yeah. to say about yourself. Like, if you, like, I don't know, most people are super self-conscious about their physical appearance or, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, if you think mm -hmm. you're fat or whatever, it's like, oh, well, I have nice eyes, though. Or, like, and um, every day to try to find a new thing yeah. to focus on. So as time grows, that... uh positive enforcement groups mm -hmm. so whether it's accomplishing yeah, you have to overcome negative self-talk yeah whether it's accomplishing 
your dreams or just feeling better about yourself or whatever positive affirmations I can say from personal experience do actually help no I'm, I'm very much for them I've, I've learned about those in therapy when my therapist stopped me like after our fifth or sixth meeting I was like if you ever listen to the way that you talk about yourself because <laughs> I would like talk about the childhood trauma or this and I was still blaming the kid and like we had this really deep like five or six sessions after that uh, or over the next five or six sessions I guess is the way to put it um where she tried to make me cry she kept going let's just talk to that kid in there and I was like let's not <laughs> talk to that stupid piss ant cocksucker <laughs> you were so uncomfortable with emotions I am terribly uncomfortable with emotions I am gripping onto my notes for dear life but now we are down this road well, um, but I... no she was all about positive uh, affirmation and then the therapist after her because I walked out because I couldn't take it anymore and I needed to start a clean slate with somebody who didn't know me just hit my fucking surface level shit you do that a lot when you go through therapy <laughs> i was like oh you made me feel something you're not doing your job good <laughs> didn't and understand how does that make you feel? didn't understand the concept um and the one after that was like when you wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then you get in your car at five thirty in the morning and you drive to work what do you listen to and I was like, oh, Five Finger Death Punch gets me jolted first thing in the morning. She goes, oh, yeah, and then you spend the rest of your day wanting to stab literally everybody in your fucking life. <laughs> and she put me on a prescription diet of uh, Matchbox 20. I had to make it through three albums a day of Matchbox 20. So you start the album, and it's like X amount of hours. So, you know, like you're going here, you've got your headphones in. Like once you're through the Matchbox 20, go listen to all the Five Finger Death Punch you want to. And then that branched off, and you'd go find softer music to listen you to. found uh, Alan Watts eventually. Yeah, I, I, I made it all the way to Alan Watts. Somewhere around, <laughs> somewhere around, <laughs> somewhere around the time I started smoking a shitload of pot, uh, my music taste slowed down to a, go listen to some dude who's long dead give speeches about life. And they're like, oh. You know, now how's I don't that, listen to as much. How's that working out for you, Brett? Well, how do you feel? I opened the podcast trying to get Fred Durst on here, so <laughs> it's a weird mix for sure. I still listen to the crazy stuff. And... Still internally panicking that I'm going to tell you something nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what's she going to do? She's going to say she loves me, and then I'm going to cry, and I'm going to run out of the room. No, that was my major contribution, though. Uh, my shower yeah. wants me to excel, and you should go excel, too. And you sh you definitely should excel. And positive... I can never get the word right. Affirmation. I was going to say reaffirmation. Reinforcement. Re I was going to blend them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, positive affirmation's key. Waking up and uh, thinking of something you're grateful for instead of doing what I do, which is the first thought is, oh, God, I should have just killed myself when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. We're slowly going to... No. Beat Brett down yeah. into a more positive person. No, you gotta, person. you gotta wake up and go like, well, you accomplished all the goals you've set so thus far. Uh, you're doing pretty good for yourself, kid. You know, like, I always have to talk to myself in the, in the past. I gotta pat Talk that. baby Brett off the ledge. Yeah, like, hey, little dude, I know you're still <laughs> in there pulling at all my fucking heartstrings. Just settle down. Have a beer. Max is currently either trying to become British or really into the dolls. Well, I think he hates the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was involved with the royal family and Prince Albert's probably. Yeah, that's definitely what's going through his mind right now. Ring and so he has to <laughs> claw the 
flag of my homeland to them. He has no claws. Oh, I don't advocate right. for that. Yeah. Don't don't do that. It's not very <laughs> humane. Um, I didn't have any other choice. It's fun to watch. No. <laughs> no, it's not. You're horrible. I'm not advocating for that. Don't do it. If I had had a different choice, I wouldn't have. But he, he can't hurt your flag. He doesn't have claws. <laughs> He's just rubbing himself up against Michael Myers. Nobody else can see this. This is an audio-driven format. Everybody knows Max is my cat. If you don't know Max Max, is, you're beautiful. If you don't know Max is our cat, then go back to the beginning and start over. Or the last episode where he was trying to kill Winston and vice versa. Yeah. Ready to get on topics? I am on topics. Go. <laughs> you are buzzing off some hucket. <laughs> well, all I had was a sandwich for lunch. So that was a while ago. My lunch is at 12, and it's like 7 o'clock at night. And there are fucking quesadillas to be had later, so I am a little buzzed. Well, my topic for today blend into your topic for the day. How convenient. Um, how convenient. Oh, my God. It's almost like maybe you thought of those at the same time. <laughs> um, which is uh, next month is November, as you may have guessed seeing as it's October and for the past 28 years of my life every October has been followed by a November next month is November and uh, that brings up once again the NaNoWriMo which I learned even though I brought it up on here multiple times you didn't know what that meant so I'll, I'll... well I knew it was a writing thing but yeah I had yeah. no idea what it was it's the National Novel Writing Month and it began in I'm not I'm not going to lie. Can I cut you off for five seconds? I thought it was like a, a poetry competition. I was like, why is it called Rhymo? Are you rhyming things? <laughs> oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I thought it was like poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, it started when? It started in July of 1999. It started out with 21 writers. And the latest statistic I could find was 2010. Uh, they had 200,000 writers. Jesus. Yeah, the internet changed the goddamn game. It's going on again. They've uh, published over like 397,000 novels out of this project. It's a non-profit. They do a lot for young writers. Um, it's a big thing in the writing community. Uh, and that is coming up on 1 November. So the goal of NaNoWriMo is to come up with 50,000 words between the 1st and the 30th, the midnight, you know, or 12.01 a.m. on the 1st all the way to 11.59 on the 30th, um, which averages out to 1,667 words every day. It's a lot. <laughs> sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. Um, I've, at my best... Uh, when I was dedicating a lot of time to it, hitting between, you know, fifteen to twenty five hundred a day, um, most people struggle to get to five hundred a day. So sixteen sixty seven is nothing to you know shake your dick at. <laughs> um, but that's the goal. So you hit that number every day. You hit 50,000. You win NaNoWriMo. What do you win? A uh, fucking first draft. That's what you have. And discipline, knowing that you can do the same thing the next month on the 1st. December. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not like... Um, it's not like a competition that anybody moderates where there's like a cash prize or anything like that. The point of it is to build this yeah, writing Yeah, the point discipline. of it is is that every day you do your writing, you copy-paste that over into the website where you've got your profile. 
it registers those. It puts you on a range. So some days you're going to stop at 1667. Your last ones are just going to be like and, 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 just trying to burn the numbers mm-hmm. down. Um, and some days you'll hit 3,000 words of just pure goddamn gold, but it gets you in the practice of doing it every single day to a set limit. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Because, I mean, the point of it is to build that discipline. Yeah. So um, the, there are, like, small, I guess-ish prizes. Like, if you win NaNoWriMo, so you get your 50000 Um I, I didn't write the company down. I thought I did. But they, the, the top gears, the ones that have finished it all out and stuff like that, that, like, go through the process and get the, you know, the one, two, three awards and stuff... They get published by different houses. Um, everybody that hits 50,000 gets, um, I forgot the name of that too because I didn't write it down. Like the concept art that you see, like the, the book cover. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets like a proof of what they have so that they can shop that or um, use the proof for That's Amazon. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah that gives Saves you a, you a lot of money and a lot of time. It gives you a good starting i mean how how 50,000 words is that a novel it's about how? 200 pages so yeah like yeah. A, a good starting point for i mean a, a smaller novel but a novel yeah but the problem that i learned about today of all places salon.com uh with an article that was like why you can go fuck yourself with NaNoWriMo or whatever they were on about um the, the two main arguments that I found against it between the Salon article and like four or five others were there's no money in writing, which is a dumb reason to get into NaNoWriMo. It's not yeah. why you do it. You don't get into a 30-day fast, you know, to get a six-pack. You, it's to, you know, start. Yeah. And the second one was the writer's who don't write the people that you meet in bars and say well I've got a book inside of me and it's probably going to stay inside of me until I <laughs> die uh, old miserable man um, those people take the NaNoWriMo and do absolutely no revision and try to turn a rough draft in via a query letter in December <laughs> like I, I wrote this beautiful novel that I mean, I've not even looked at yet. And I feel like most publishers or agents or whoever they would go through for that, they would read the first couple of sentences and be like, this is worse shit. Yeah, right? But so. you're buying time from people that maybe wrote last November for the same program, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to discourage anybody from doing it. I am going to do a part of it, my own little thing with it, uh, for the month of November, but... The problem is you're taking time away from legitimate writers with those agents and with yeah. those query letters, so they're you know clogging up the chains. And at a certain point, books have to get published by publishing houses to make monthly goals. So you're taking up readers on the long end. Yeah. Like, it is kind of a massive shithead mood to <laughs> move to write it, never look at it again, clean up the grammar, and you know send it on down the chain yeah. just because you you know, jerk your dick off on a keyboard. I've done it. You can go buy mine. It's Madman Diaries now. <laughs> <laughs> on the Nightmare Box Top blog. No, that, those all had revisions. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, I could see the frustration with that, though. I don't really have anything super specific to compare it to. Um, there are 
time constraint challenges for film. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I've never personally done any of them, so I don't have really that personal experience of what that feels like. But there's a 48-hour film fest and then 52, I think, is the other one. Um, I think 48's the more popular, though. And um, to me, that seems like a fun thing, like just to see what the hell you can get done in such a short time crunch. But to me, it doesn't feel like you could realistically get done a really polished work in that short amount of time to me that's like a, oh like let's come well, up especially with especially for film because yeah. you got so many moving parts to that well they don't shoot like anybody can sit down and do 1667 if you can block off an hour of your day for 30 days yeah. but they don't, anybody can do yoga for 30 days <laughs> you can block off an hour or go to the gym 30 days they know. don't shoot feature length films 48 is yeah. um short films but um still like i i feel like even with our short film we spent three days just shooting it only and 48 the concept is you pitch it you shoot it you edit it like all of that do you register with a team for that yeah 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 you have to have a, a a cast and crew um and you register your uh project i guess and i think you can get denied i'm not sure i've never actually done it but yeah i think you have to meet certain qualifications to be a part of it because i think there are uh cash prizes for the winners if i'm not mistaken so they've got like a cap on how many videos they're gonna watch and stuff yeah um but even with that like i feel like it's a really cool idea don't get me wrong i'm not knocking at all like i've always wanted to participate in it just to see what I can come up with under such a time crunch, but I I feel like that's a project where you're like, let's go, 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 get this done, and then after you're done with it, maybe go back later and polish it and send it off, and like, I know, uh, speaking of writers who do NaNoWriMo and never go back and really polish their work and then send it off, like with the dolls, for instance, um, we... uh, might have I feel like maybe been a little and I wasn't the only one there were several people in my class because that was a college project again if you're new to the podcast and you haven't uh, heard us talk about the dolls it's a short film that you can find on our website <laughs> you can at the nightmarebox.blog <laughs> Brett wrote it I shot it it was my uh, senior project for or one of my senior projects for college and um, there were a lot of restrictions in general and we were under a pretty heavy time crunch because it was for college so I had to have it done in a set amount of time and um I wasn't the only one that was a little too ambitious maybe uh several of us in my class turned in very very rough works of our project and um it was my first semester I think as a senior that we did that one and then um we haven't finished it. I I don't have an excuse for that. We have to go back and finish Ziggy. But we did Ziggy my second semester as a senior, and again a lot of time well, I constraints. Have to go down and write thirteen episodes. So. <laughs> well, we were shooting a concept trailer. We weren't shooting the whole yeah. thing. But, I know um, the ABC of the entire <laughs> thing. I have to break it down into episodes once we settle in, and I can slap my index cards back on the mm-hmm. wall. I'll bang it out. But I had to go back in because I had the same professor, which I've talked about before on previous episodes for multiple film classes. Like, loved him as a professor. He was incredible. Um, and I had to sit back down with him because I did an independent study, and that's what Ziggy was uh, for. And I also did uh, 
uh, study on cinematography for it. And I sat down with him, and the only version he had ever seen of the dolls was the rough version, which was not color-corrected. Uh, yeah. did not have the um, composer's score on it yet. Like, really still needed some sound work. It was very rough. It was not a pretty film. Like, I'll be the first person mm-hmm. to admit it looked real bad, and I was kind of ashamed to show it in class because we watched it in class. And... Uh, <laughs> When I met with him the next semester later to, um, you know, kind of talk about my independent study and how things were going with that, and we briefly talked about the dolls, and I was like, oh yeah, since then I've like gone back and there's a score on it, I've color corrected it, like done all this work on it, like went back over the summer because, um, yeah, uh, Brett and I both graduated in December, so my first semester as a senior, which is a little weird, was in... January is so at the beginning of the year, and then we had summer break, so I had a little bit more of a yeah. break, and then my final semester as a senior was in the fall, so I'd had the entire summer to work on the dolls and go back and finish it, and I don't know, I sent him the link, I don't know if he watched it or not, but he was, like, surprised I had gone back and, like, worked on it again, because I was like, oh, I wasn't proud of the way it looked yeah. when I turned it in, I was like, I wanted to finish it, and, like, I don't think anybody else in my class went back and, like... Well, no, there was one other person, because I did see where they posted it, who went back and, like, actually finalized their film, and everybody else was kind of like, oh, I got the grade I wanted, I'm done. You know, that's what it looks like. And I'm like, I, I want to be proud of and the you work. You should be. Yeah. yeah. You have to go back, and you have to rework and revise mm-hmm. and all so of that. So if you're a writer using this challenge as an excuse to turn in your shitty first draft, go edit your shitty first draft. Well, and that's what I called everything <laughs> as we're on the college topic. After I learned that, like, that, that was a thing that you could title pages as an adult. Shitty first draft. Every time I had to turn something in, I couldn't come up with a title. This is my shitty first draft. <laughs> shitty libertarian paper. <laughs> shitty paper about psycho. Like, I just admitted to Your everybody. Your psycho paper was really good, though. It got really good, but even that, which went nowhere, went through, like, three rewrites to become half-assed. Like It went nowhere for college. I would still argue I, that's a very good paper. I would argue that I could turn it into a very good paper. I need... I feel like it's an academic study that could be, like, published, like, for real. Well, yeah, well, let's not give everything away. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't tell anybody what it's about. No, I've I've written a paper that I need to uh, hammer the rest of it out, but it's about the M. Naughton rule using examples from Ed Gein and his fictional um, counterpart, Norman Bates, and I'll probably eventually uh, give up on trying to make it straight as a civilian, straight as a civilian, and go get my goddamn doctorate after I stumble through that. <laughs> I'll use it as my master's thesis or something. It's a really good paper. It. It's a very good idea, and I need to read like maybe fifty more books. But mm. I've also been reading a lot of the Unabomber, so I should probably settle the fuck out. <laughs> also that delicate balance which that's the thing we talked about in college like definitely polish your shitty first draft but your work is probably never really really done eventually you just have to admit that's good I, I and have, call it a day we're, we're jumping ahead <laughs> oh I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> so, do you have a show note for that <laughs> so I have a bunch of notes right now on getting started we've already chewed <laughs> up so, two of them I'm sorry <laughs> I haven't seen your show notes. So yeah, I don't know where we're going. I need to be reined in today. <laughs> I'm buzzed on Hucket. Hucket. <laughs> Who, who's, who's the... 
Who's the thingy? Big Sky. Big Sky Brewery. Huck it beer. <laughs> so. Girlfriend had a long day at work. Huck it. <laughs> it's a Huckleberry Blonde Ale. Mm-hmm. Band Dragon's Breath. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so, if you're going to do the NaNoWriMo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to hijack your <laughs> no, topics. You're fine. you're fine. It was brilliant. It was beautiful. But, like, the first time you cut into one of the things I had written down, I was like, leave it. And then the second time, I was like, okay. Big. <laughs> Get her quiet, and then we'll You're like see. The, yeah, the traffic controller for planes <clears throat> waving the flag. I have questions for Kristen down here. They're, oh no! <laughs> they're after I get through this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> feel, feel, feel a little. I cannot talk today. It's a very late start. You were team. also working all day too. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been. I, I work a manual labor job. And you have to go to work earlier. I have to than go to me. work at six, and <laughs> you have to be up at six. Um. So, going into uh, NaNoWriMo, keep in mind, as we've talked about, that uh, this is a discipline. It's just here to take away any excuse that you can't find the time in your day. Mm-hmm. Prove to yourself you can find the time in your day. Make it a part of your day for 30 days. If you don't like writing every day, then please fuck off. Um, Interesting that it's 30 because days. Because as I wrote in my little notebook today... Um, Fuck. You you threw me so far off track. I, I'm sorry. I, I, Interesting that it's 30 days, though, because that's how long they say it takes to form a habit. Yeah. Well, I think that's the concept. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Builds the discipline. Oh, um, no. But if you can't do it every day for 30 days, uh, then do us all a favor and get the fuck out. Because I believe that rule one in the creative arts for life um, is that you're the one who takes the jobs. Your job isn't to beat the other person, it's to outlast the other person. And if you can turn a 30-day NaNoWriMo challenge into a 60-day, I wrote every day for 60 days, into a 90-day, into a 20 years... um, you beat the person who tried for 30 days, said, ah, it ain't for me, and then gave up because they only had one story in them. And I've always felt that way. Like, to be fair, there are people who yeah. turn any career period, no matter what it is, into a lifelong career that just really aren't that good at it. Like, the, not I'm not trying to pick on any one profession, but just as an example, the eternal lifelong musician that's always writing his, his greatest hit album or whatever. But never picks up the guitar. Yeah, and just really isn't that great, like doesn't put in the discipline. So there are people out there making lifelong careers out of things that they're just not particularly good at. But I I have always believed that, like people talk about like, oh, I tried, I didn't make it, and I gave it up, and I took the nine to five or whatever. And I think most people that just don't end up being successful are the people that quit too soon. Like I, I do genuinely. Most people quit too soon. Yeah, like I do genuinely believe. If I came believe. to you and I was like, hey, Kristen, tomorrow you want to take up marathon running? We have to run a mile. <laughs> How long before like one week we're running one mile, one week we're running two miles? Mm-hmm. Like before you're like, yeah, I'm not running ever again. I don't give a shit about running. <laughs> leave that to Goggins and all <laughs> my goddamn business, you know. Yeah. 
But no, I, I do I do genuinely believe like I'm not good at video games. I'm not getting involved with video game competitions. It's I get frustrated and I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying that I do genuinely believe most people that don't end up succeeding are mostly because they just quit. Yeah. You tap out. And NaNoWriMo's a great way as a writer to figure out if you're the type of person who taps out. There's not a lot of like aggressive pressure put on creative people uh, because most of us are sensitive to a very great extent. But then there are people who paint every day and write every day and play music every day or work on that computer program every day or go on those runs, you know, every day. Everybody's got a thing that they cling to. It gives them a sense of security. So you should definitely pull the discipline out of you. And this will take away your excuse. 1,667. If you can't do that in under an hour get to where you can do that in under an hour in 500 word increments if you can't do it in 24 hours it's a problem <laughs> i would argue it's two though, pages worth of thought roughly in a day find it i would argue though to counter that which definitely don't be lazy and make excuses and just not do it. But I, I would argue to counter that, not to have a defeatist attitude, especially with like working out and dieting and stuff like that. People fall off the wagon all the time. Yeah. So the point is like, okay, for this, you know, just to kind of um, you miss the day, in. the whole month isn't shot. Yeah, you to just keep have it to in go the twice as hard tomorrow. Artistic vein, yeah. If you you screw up and you have a day where you're just like, I don't want to, or I don't feel like it, or it was a rough day, I'm tired, whatever, I want to watch Netflix and just be mindless yeah. for a little while. Want to eat quesadillas. <laughs> no, we have to podcast to the people. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, jump back on the next day and work that much harder. Yeah, like, if you if you skip a day, don't let that be the reason you quit. Yeah. I have a... You have a show note? <laughs> I but came up with the perfect title for the uh, episode. episode. <laughs> that was my whole point, though. Like, uh, try to be consistent, but if you skip a day, don't be like, oh, fuck it, the whole thing's gone. The ruined. whole thing's gone. Like, you know? that's just yeah. if you're, an excuse. If you're writing, if you're trying to get to sobriety and you slip up and you have a few drinks one night and you wake up the next morning and you're like, well, fuck it, now I'm just a junkie. No, dude, go back to your fucking meetings. Like... It, it applies so much in life, like this concept of mm-hmm. discipline. Um, I have to give you the title. What's the title? Accelerant. Next. With two L's. <laughs> no, next, next time you get in the shower, though, look for that. It's on the side, closer to... I came up with your whole <laughs> poem introducing you while I was peeing, okay? If I... <laughs> If I spend more than five minutes in the shower, I'm going to have a full nervous breakdown. <laughs> Rule number two. <laughs> it's on the left side, though, if you're facing the yeah. shower curtain. So Rule, look for that. <laughs> Rule number two for a person who wants to go into NaNoWriMo uh, in the upcoming month. Um, start taking note of every little thing. You never know what sparks a character, a scene, a story. Don't rely on your memory. 
don't tell yourself I'm going to remind myself of this line because it's not going to be that line. Uh, you can attest that I will put a cigarette out halfway through, run in here, go, where's the piece of paper? And then I got to write it down <laughs> almost immediately. Because I'm like, I have it in my head. I have a beat that I need to get down. And don't lose that thought. Like, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. If it comes to you in the shower, don't let it go uh, and get it on a piece of paper. Get a whiteboard, for fuck's sake, and, and write it down. Um because you never know if that's going to be a character's thought, if that's going to be like the one scene that changes everything later on down the later on down the line. Uh, get it written down so you don't forget it. And to counter that from a film perspective, um, everybody works differently. I'm not saying this is the way to be or whatever, but. Um, Anytime Brett and I have ever done short films together, like if he gives me a script that I, you know, didn't write, it wasn't my concept and, um, you know, it's a whole new thing for me if I read it and in my mind I have this initial vision for like one particular scene or one particular part or whatever like that, I don't, um take it for granted that later on when I'm actually shooting it, I'm going to remember that that's kind of what I had in mind, so... I'm a bit, big advocate for shooting more than you necessarily need. So shoot yeah. more angles and more perspectives and all that than you really need. But if there's one particular thing sticking out in my head, I'll make like a little footnote to the side of like how I want it shot yeah. or how I want Come it to look or whatever. Come from the upper whatever. right-hand corner. Yeah, you know. so um, applies to film too. Like if you're reading a script, whether you wrote it or someone else wrote it or whatever, and you just have some inspiration in your mind, like I recommend making a footnote on the script so you can go back later when you're doing your shot list or whatever and be like, oh, at the very least, I want to get a version of the shot that looks like this. So it applies. Yeah. Kristen made crazy notes on like everything I've ever handed her. (laughs) Even, um... This is how I want to bring it in. And she takes (laughs) immense amount of photographs, which (laughs) I I think she like collects in a place for angles and and color. (laughs) (laughs) Even um, sound design, if I'm imagining the sound in my mind a certain way, I'll make notes for how I want the sound to sound. So it's it's a good idea, period, to, if you have a creative thought, jot that down just in case, because you can't guarantee you when you go to complete the whole idea that that thought's still going to be kicking around in your head somewhere. We work very well for that reason. I think I'm autistic. <laughs> like, have you ever seen like light cross through a leaf through like the fingers and the veins? And Kristen's like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what that looks like. <laughs> it's like I need that shot to pull out, and everybody just goes, "Why are Adam and Eve wearing leaves on their crotches?" Um, my second one, which I have a direct question to follow up with you too, that I have not, uh, drawn a line to is, um, going into it. If, if you, if you're hesitant, cause you're like, well, fuck, I haven't figured it all out yet. Yeah. You're not going to the keyboard kind of does that. You meditate and just kind of let it flow. But Create loose plot maps. Know the vague A, B, at least. Mm -hmm. Figure out the way from A to B, or know A and C, and figure out how to cross the bridge. Um, Keep character notes. This is all the same vein. I've got it all written down. 
keep loose character notes, not strict ones, not she grew up in fucking this one particular town in Virginia, and these are the kind of men she likes, and this is like her favorite food. Loose character notes, attitudes, uh, physical descriptions, stuff like that. It'll keep your characters consistent, and it'll keep you on track. If you know vaguely what you're aiming for, if you know vaguely what you're aiming for and vaguely what these people look like, you're not going to like do what I did with my first book that I am still in the middle of revision like five fucking <laughs> years later trying to hammer out. Um, you're not going to lose a character. Because <laughs> you'll have that, that character available. Um, but actually... I'm sorry. It says plot maps. And then I said pre-shoot. So how do you do pre-shoot? Like with the like storyboards and um, concepts. I need to be better about it. I don't typically storyboard. I I do think that storyboarding helps for sure. So um, I do need to be better about that. But I, I always, with every script... Um, make little footnotes on the side of very specific things like the camera angle, the sounds, the color, the mood I'm trying to convey. So um, I think it's really important because at the time that you're reading a script and you're going to shoot a film, this is no longer a rough draft. Like the script that you're going to shoot is the final polished version. And um, again... I advocate, period, taking more shots and angles and perspectives than you need. So what you're shooting isn't necessarily, per se, the polished version. Because you may shoot a wide shot and then go to edit it and be like, oh, I think the close-up works better. So you should always get an adequate amount of coverage. But you should be shooting those things with a final idea in mind. So um, a lot of people do shot list so they know all the shots they want to take for each individual scene um a lot of people do storyboard like i said it's not a thing that i've ever really messed with but i do an easy trick we picked up in the same classroom was like finding um famous people who've been in things Mm. to like make a mock trailer make a mock trailer make it real yeah like steve buscemi plays my bad guy you know i do that is the thing i always do i pull images period whether it's uh concepts for color that i want or concepts for style or it's like an affirmation yeah kind of what i envision (laughs) the actors might look like i i for sure wholeheartedly do not advocate going in with no research of any kind yeah. so whether you're a storyboard or a shot lister a image board creator like do something because you will period in the chaos of shooting forget your best intentions and uh suffer for it when you go to edit <laughs> um I'll save location concepts for very last because I've got some pointed questions for you. Okay. But I've I'll got, try to prepare. I have no idea what he's going to ask I've me. I've got three more on my list of getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, first one that I would say is something that I've, 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 I've 
got a couple of different quotes that I've used on here, one from Polonik, one from King, um, about, you know, Polonik's is um, basically comparing writer's block to constipation. Yeah. Uh, King's gross, is, but true. Yeah. And King's is um, sometimes you're doing good work when you feels like you're shoveling shit from a kneeling position. <laughs> so they're both fecal related. <laughs> Um, and my one that I've got written down here tonight is lean into the bullshit. You may be on the verge of a good idea while you're trudging through a clumsy transition. I like that. So you're going to find yourself in these places where, like, I don't know how Ace, Dick, and Andy wind up at the library. And you're like, I need to figure out why they're going to the library bleeding into point number two because I didn't realize they were connected. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry so much about the order. That'll fix that first issue. Mm -hmm. If stuck, just move on to the next scene. Um, And I'm not advocating any particular uh, writing tool. I use Scrivener. And what I like about it is it lets you add chapters and shit Like, in order, but not, you know, like, you go chapter, scene, 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 scene. And so, like, you can jump a couple of scenes down. Like, I don't know how they got to the library. I'll stop halfway through this chapter, start the next chapter, and you don't need to, like, open a new Word document to, like, keep yourself in line. Yeah. Um, I liked that, which I haven't used Scrivener, so I can't uh, say anything about Scrivener, but I liked that about fade in also like if you wanted to move a scene you could literally grab the scene drag it and move it up to a new section that's my favorite thing about it is like you get so clogged up if you're like well i can't just figure out this one scene so there's no reason you know at all why my climax would happen and it's Mm -hmm. like no fuck that go write the climax before you forget what the fuck you're actually thinking about right now and then as you read through it later, you'll figure out how to get X to Z. Think of um, our two-star review on Scream, where it said the whole reason why they had to kill the principal, right, so was for something else. And then it wound up fixing the one major plot hole in that film. Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. They're going to come across a lot of wonky transitions. Just keep putting words on the paper. Something's going to come out of that. Um, and then my final idea, you stole and it led us all down Brett's direct list, (laughs) which is revise, rewrite, revise and repeat, but be careful not to over polish. You can over polish. If you're Tolkieny me about the age of the grandmother's sweater in the straw hut, and I know where the straw came from, and I know every minuscule detail, you've spent too much goddamn well, time. To, um, <laughs> I'm pretty, shitting on, I am shitting on Tolkien again. <laughs> I think pretty much every artist I've ever met, and most artists in general, are obsessive about their work and you should be and i you should be to an extent 
I think I think eventually it does just strictly become an obsession. Like, how can I make this better than it is? Well, I think it, you need to figure out the process a number of times so you know when to stop. Yeah. You're like, at this point, I'm just jerking off. The I mean, story is there. I'm cluttering it, you know. I Imagine mean, a song that wound up being like... Um, Don McLean becomes Slipknot, where it's like, you know what we need? We need a clown hitting a trash can. <laughs> I don't think there's any such thing, period, as a perfect work. Like, yeah. there, you will always have critics of your work because people have such vastly different tastes. So when you're trying to literally polish it down to perfection, like, at some point you have to let it go. Like, yeah. it's, it's never going to be perfect. Someone somewhere will hate it. So I think I think you have to find that balance between really good or great work and acknowledging there is no such thing as perfection. What's the most overpolished story in your mind? Can you think of one? Hmm. I, I, I would agree, not that it's necessarily over-polished, but um, I, I'll give you this point. I do think that Tolkien put an insane amount of research into the work that he did. He created worlds, created languages, and I guess from my personal experience, just work I've either read or watched or anything like that, the books in particular um i haven't read his other books i haven't read like the similarian or any of that but uh the lord of the Rings series in particular i I do think tolkien put so much research into that it got bogged down by the details um and he created these incredibly picture perfect worlds to the extent that when we didn't have that level of technology to create those kinds of films, they were able to create, you know, what a workshop and what a yeah. digital and create these worlds that we had never seen in films before because his um, writing was so specific. So it, it did, I personally feel like, make a mass leap forward in cinema because mm-hmm. there was so much there to work with, but to read it is a bit bogged down because there's so much context and so much research there. So I guess if I if I had to You're pick one... You're turning on your own, dude. If I had to pick one, I would probably say, uh, yeah, Tolkien's books were uh, very bogged down by how detail-oriented he was. I'm going to shoot on an assumption, and we're going to find out sometime in the next couple of days to a couple of weeks um Kristen and I have been playing a lot of Jeopardy and I won a question the other day on Moby Dick <laughs> which I have never read front to back never read it at all but I understand the major concepts and key points because I went to college without reading Moby Dick so um I do know that Hemingway was a motherfucker and I have read The Old Man and the Sea five, six, seven times <laughs> and we are currently reading The Old Man and the Sea again and my basic understanding is that it's almost the same story except Moby Dick is like 
four inches thick, and you can read The Old Man in the Sea on a slow Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings me to my final point before I ask you one big question, which is a quote, because I was like, I need a quote, and that felt like a really good place to put this quote. It's from my boy, Kerouac. Never give up on him. One day I will find the right words and they will be simple. I like that. Don't overpolish, my friends, and enjoy your NaNoWriMo. <laughs> um, my final question. It's the final question. <laughs> Much more expensive to hire. Uh, <laughs> how do you come up with location concepts? I mean, a lot of that I feel like is kind You're of... You're like, I need old spooky church. Do you just like type church and then drive to a bunch of different churches? And... <laughs> As Jack tries to ruin the end of the podcast. I mean, I feel like a lot of that comes from the script. Like, obviously, like there are literal locations in the script, you know, for being literal. And um, in general, in film, people tend to lend to the type of location based on the type of character. So, not overtly, but in a subtle way, like the location kind of reflects the type of character you have. So, I think having an understanding of your character's period, first and foremost, is really important because all of your film choices will kind of reflect on the mood you're setting and the mood your characters are having yeah. to deal with. And, um, yeah, like if I, if I had a, which we've talked about that a bunch in two star films, like if I had a character that I wanted to feel really isolated, for instance, you know, you're going to take into consideration your color tone for the film. And then, um, like we've been watching or we were watching, we finished it already, like the Unabomber, um, Netflix series, so he's in this tiny, tiny cabin. I don't know that's based on a real case. There's but... been a lot of Unabomber in this one bedroom <laughs> apartment since we moved in. I'm like reading all of his writings. We watch the TV show. We're listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm not sending any mail bombs. I know that's based on a, a real case, so granted, you can only be so flexible with that, but hypothetically, if none of this had been real, you have this loner in the woods. You know, that does make sense to make the cabin smaller into kind of minimus minimalist yeah decorate sorry i'm similar over words now uh decorate the cabin in a minimalist minimalist way why can i not say that today um and like are you i mean yeah i first and foremost period in pre-production google images whether it's color color holy oh my god i've had a couple of beers um, color, it. concepts, um, location, characters, whatever. I always Google images. And then from there, yeah, scouting your area, seeing what you can realistically find that's there and already feasibly done for you. And then what you need to do to kind of tweak the idea, like, um, falling back on the dolls once well, you, again. Sorry, go ahead. Well, probably lean on the dolls because I was going to bring up the place that you found for the big scene in the Ziggy trailer that we did, you found this perfect little ice cream parlor. Oh, yeah, in downtown. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I 
literally just Googled ice cream parlor parlors in town. Still can't talk. And uh, I'm that sexy. <laughs> you are that sexy. I I went around and I uh, literally went in and tried to treat it like I was in the film. I went I got an ice cream and sat down and ate an ice cream there. So that's kind of my approach to it, yeah. I guess. I scout the location and then go hang out in the location. So if you're shooting at a bar, maybe go have a drink in the bar. But um, with the dolls, that's you know. how I live my life. I'm here for work. <laughs> <laughs> with the dolls, you know, we shot a lot of that in one house. And like for the weird, complicated mashup that was the closet scene, it was like, okay, but how can we make this work and how can we fake it so it works? And so it was kind of like just like moving pieces around. So, yeah, like understanding of your character first and foremost because that sets the mood, understanding the mood of the scene, physically scouting locations and spending time in those locations so you know ahead of time before you're shooting them. Making one of those locations like my former drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, he's a drug dealer. Let's go hang out in a drug Which, dealer's house. Yeah. <laughs> the character was a drug dealer. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I... And we went to that location ahead of time, too. Like, do your research, I guess, is my my best advice. Like, understand the mood you're going for. Do the research. Go hang out in the place. And then go in with a knowledge of how you want to execute it. That's brilliant advice. Love you. I love you more. Quesadilla time. I think this was excellent. <laughs> for anybody who's also drinking... <laughs> I'm proud of this episode. I'm proud of you. Don't tell me that. Plugs. You can go tweet us your twat over at. Gotta stop saying that. I don't want anybody's twats at Nightmare Box Pro. Or you can send us a uh, thoughtful Facebook message. We could use all the Facebook help that we can get. Start a conversation, people. Let's build a fucking community. You can find that over at... Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or you can sneak on over there to the Instagram. You can take pictures of whatever you're reading, whatever you're filming. Show us the behind the scenes. Show us what it's like to dig the grind in NaNoWriMo when you got to like come up 4 o'clock in the morning to create that extra block and you need that one more cup of coffee to sit behind the laptop. You can hit us up on Instagram over at... At Nightmare Box Productions. And you can go see Kristen Pennington at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. That's right. <laughs> or you can just like sneak on over there. You can buy my book over at the website. You can go watch the dolls, which we've been talking about tonight at... The Nightmare Box Did we hit them all? I believe so. Oh, the email. The email. You can send us a long, lengthy email telling us how much you love us or how badly we're doing this at... <laughs> Nightmareboxproductions at Gmail. And I have one more note. The reason that I brought up locations is because for the month of November, my goal is to write a feature um, that we can film here in town. I've it's going to be got, icy. I've already got two locations nailed down. And no idea what the C is. I know A and B. <laughs> I love you. I love you. 
I love you guys. We'll talk to you on Friday.